You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women all over the country rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about the top three things your natural practitioner doesn't understand about migraines. How are you, Mary? How are you today? I'm doing great. How's it going? Good, good. I really want to talk about this today because there are so many people looking at alternative medicine, natural medicine, right? I mean, people are really getting fed up with the pharmaceutical approach. They know that if they could just figure out what's going on here and took action, they would feel better. And so people are more and more today looking at natural practitioners, acupuncturists, chiropractors, naturopathic doctors, Chinese medicine practitioners, functional medicine practitioners, you know, people are just leaving conventional medicine or pharmaceutical based medicine in droves and going to natural practitioners. But migraines are very, very unique. And so most natural practitioners do not understand migraines. So I want to go through that today. Awesome. And I'll just add really quick, That was quite a list of different practitioners. (laughs) And I know we did a podcast a while ago about the different types of practitioners and stuff. So I will add that to the show notes in case you want to go back and kind of catch up with all of those. That way we can just move forward and dive right into the topic. Perfect. That sounds great. Thank you for doing that. So I'm going to talk about what I see the kind of the top three mistakes or things that natural practitioners don't get about their chronic migraine patients. So the first one that I want to talk about is the flaring and remitting nature of migraines. So migraines are a chronic pain condition, but they're very different than the other chronic pain conditions. So if somebody has fibromyalgia, for example, which is a chronic pain condition, that is a a continuous level of chronic pain. People feel poorly all the time when they have that condition. If somebody has chronic back pain, their back hurts all the time. Yeah, maybe it's a little up and down. Maybe some days are better than others. But in general, that pain is there all the time. It's constant, yeah. Migraines are very different than this because for most people with chronic migraines, before the condition gets very entrenched, most people with chronic migraines, when they're not in the migraine state, they feel pretty good. So with chronic migraines, we're flaring into the migraine episode. And then when we come out of the migraine, the migraine is remitting and then we feel good. So it's a flaring and remitting condition. At least as far as the head and the vision, because we've talked about in other episodes that there are other issues, but they're often issues that we think are normal, like heartburn. And we don't necessarily connect them to migraines. Exactly. People will have other symptoms, but they may not think they're symptoms. They're not causing them that much suffering, right? But when we have chronic migraines, it's like, get these migraines gone. (laughs) Like, get me off this migraine roller coaster, right? (laughs) For sure. So most conditions are not flaring and remitting, whether they're chronic pain conditions or other conditions, right? So if somebody has diabetes, their blood sugar doesn't oscillate between high and normal range, 
right? They don't go a week with their blood sugar in the normal range and then go another week with it real high. Yes, the blood sugar goes up and down throughout the day. Yes, but it is at a high level all the time. It is not a flaring and remitting condition. It's not not something you can, oh, I, ha- I had a total diabetes free day. <laughs> Exactly. People have high blood pressure, hypertension. Yes, the blood pressure fluctuates and so on. But people, right, it's like, oh, yeah, my blood pressure was 120 over 80 for two days. And then it was, you know, 190 over 100 for a week. It doesn't, right? It's a continuous high level. So migraines, the flaring and remitting nature, and then how well someone can feel when they're not in the migraine state. This is something, if you don't understand this, it can confuse the practitioner. So because depending on what day you talk to a chronic migraine sufferer, they could be laying on the bathroom floor or they could be up and about, you know, hiking, you know, whatever. So this confuses most natural practitioners because when the person feels good, they think the job is done and they're not looking, most natural practitioners are not looking at the other underlying symptoms. The patient comes into the office and says, you know, I need help with my migraines. The natural practitioner is just focusing on the migraines. They're not looking at all the other aspects of the person's health. They're not doing a full assessment on all the other symptoms. They're just focusing on the migraines. And so they're giving things like CoQ10 and magnesium and B2, butter burr. They're giving these little natural band-aids that are specific to trying to make the migraines go away. They're not focused on restoring the health so that the body doesn't generate them in the first place. Of the overall person involved. Exactly. So... What will happen is someone might get a little bit of relief with their migraines at the beginning. And then because they feel well when they're not in a migraine flare, the practitioner is like, well, job done. You're good to go. The other thing, too, is they don't understand the cycle of the migraine. Again, it's a flaring and remitting aspect. So some people might go two weeks, not have any migraine symptoms, and then they might have a flare for three days, and then they might be good for another two weeks and then have another three days, right? So when people are actually healing and restoring their health, there's a natural rhythm to the migraines that starts to happen. And so if the practitioner is an expert on this, they don't know what to look for. Let me ask you a quick question. I know there's a lot of women in our group that talk about, I've had a migraine every day for 15 years or whatever. And is that basically like the worst case scenario you've already maxed out your needle and it's been past west like you know what i'm talking about (laughs) you might explain that better yeah so by the time somebody has daily head pain daily migraines or daily headaches the level of vitality is so low that their needle never leaves their migraine zone they're always stuck down there so that's when the body's screaming and they they needed to get help a lot before that (laughs) So the flaring and remitting nature, the practitioner not being expert in what to look for as far as what it looks like when we're improving our health. So people don't just wake up one day and never get a migraine. It can happen, but it's extremely rare. What happens when we're recovering our health, the body will stop generating migraines as frequently. And so the length of time between flares will get longer and longer. The duration of the flare will get shorter and shorter and the severity of the flare will get better and better. So the patient doesn't realize this. 
And so the patient is just focused on their migraines. Did I get a migraine or not? Right. That's kind of the measure of success that the patient has. And why wouldn't they have that measure? They're not looking for signs of of healing and health restoration and so on. They're concerned about their migraines. They don't want to get one. And then the natural practitioner, again, they they've never had a migraine before. They haven't worked with that many people with migraines. They also think, oh, I'll just give them the magnesium and the butterbur and the B2. And then one day they'll wake up and never get another migraine. Right. Well, and that's one thing that is different about you. Like you started this whole journey because you have suffered. So it's not like you're someone that can't relate to what these people are going through. Absolutely. And I, I know what my own healing process was like. So I'm the practitioner, like, for example, I personally never have gone to a male gynecologist because I'm like, I don't think you can relate to cramps. I just don't, you know, and I feel like it's the same thing for migraines. Like if they've never suffered a migraine, it's hard to explain. It's hard to comprehend. 100%. Absolutely. So what happens is both the patient and the practitioner, they may mistake a migraine and think that the migraines are getting worse or there's no improvement when actually there is improvement. And so if the practitioner cannot read the signs of the migraines getting better, they can't help the person through these flares, right? Because every time we get a flare, we get very demoralized. You know, our mind kicks in. What did I do wrong? What did I eat? Did I not get enough sleep? What's the weather like? I'm doomed. I'm defective. Nobody else has this, right? Nobody can help me, right? So this leads into the second piece that natural practitioners don't understand about migraines. There's a tremendous amount of post-traumatic anxiety response that develops when people have chronic migraines. So they don't know how to actually read the signs because they don't understand what the healing process relative to the migraine symptoms looks like and what to expect. And then when their patient has a bad flare and the patient's mind is taking them into these real dark places, like I'm doomed and defective and nothing can help me, the practitioner freaks out and kind of gives up on the case. Again, I have lived with those thoughts. I know that they are not a joke. And you just cannot positive talk your way out of those thoughts. So you have to understand the post-traumatic response that develops. And when I work with my clients, this is actually part of the healing process for most of my clients is recovering from this post-traumatic response. Because again, let's go back to the flaring and remitting nature of migraines. So again, migraines, oh, I woke up today, I feel great, sunny day, let's go enjoy the day. 4 p.m., you know, I'm on the bathroom floor, I can't even get up. So again, if I have chronic pain, right, if I have fibromyalgia and I feel bad all the time, when I wake up, I know what the day is going to bring. Well, and I think the whole anxiety thing around whether or not you're going to get a migraine for that day also is draining your vitality, right? And that's why you're saying you have to feel that part of the Yeah, like it is important to know those thoughts are actually pretty normal. Like if you're in constant worry that you're going to get a migraine and it's going to floor you literally and you're going to be on the bathroom floor and throwing up and missing your daughter's baby shower or whatever, of course you're going to feel that way. Of course you're going to wonder why nothing works and why you're broken. And of course normal. Yeah, exactly. We're not thinking those thoughts for no reason. We're thinking these thoughts because how many days do we wake up to a blue sky and end the day in a dark room? Yeah, exactly. 
And so practitioners who haven't gone through this, they don't understand this. I've had clients tell me that, you know, their uh, chiropractor or their naturopathic doctor, you know, again, they're coming in, they're dealing with all of these thoughts, the anxiety of the flare. And the practitioner says to him, God, you need to get it together. You need to get a handle on this. <laughs> it's all in your head. <laughs> my favorite. It's all in your head. Well, yes, that's where my migraines are at, but it's not helpful. <laughs> You know, the practitioner is saying that because they don't want to deal with the person's anxiety, with the patient's anxiety. They they don't want to have to deal with that. They want the patient to just come in feeling good, happy attitude, right? They want the patient to make their life easier by just coming in with a smile on the face and taking the recommendations and going home. That's not that's not how this works. I've had colleagues call me and say, boy, yeah, I'm working with a woman with migraines. Holy cow, I don't know how you do it because they go into a dark place. I couldn't believe, you know, normally she's like upbeat and happy and bright. And boy, I was just on the phone with her. She's in the middle of a flare. Oh man, she was dark. Yes. And we see that in the group too. Like I can't do this anymore. And there's been a few times where people have hinted at suicide and I'm like, it kind of terrifies me to be honest to be in such a distant place from the people in the group because I would never want them to do that. And at the same time, I'm like, how do you help someone from a Facebook group? But yeah, it's very, very terrifying to see people get into that dark of a space. And, you know, you are absolutely right. Migraines, we can be struck down at any time by a migraine. And we don't know when it's going to happen. And we can be eating the same food. And then all of a sudden, whoops, what, wait a minute. I didn't eat anything, right? Our mind just goes into absolute overdrive, trying to figure out why this hit us out of the blue. And it generates a tremendous amount of anxiety for people and post-traumatic stress response. Again, if I'm in pain all the time, I'm not being hit out of the blue. I'm not being surprised. I'm not being shocked. I'm not having things sort of up turned upside down. If I'm in chronic pain, I know what to expect. It may not be pleasant, but I, I, I know what to expect. With migraines, like I say, out of the blue, we can be struck down. It's a very, very cruel flaring and remitting condition, and it generates a tremendous amount of post-traumatic stress response and anxiety. And, you know, most practitioners, they just, they can't deal with the intensity of it. It makes them too uncomfortable. And then they, you know, they kind of say things like this, you know, you need to get it together. <laughs> right. You need to reduce the stress level. Yeah, you know, you need to calm down. That's probably true. But again, it's not helpful. If only it were that easy. So those two things are kind of intertwined that practitioners don't understand. You know, your typical chiropractor, naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, they're a functional medicine doctor, they're not going to understand this at all. And in fact, they're going to start to resent you coming in and putting your anxiety on the table. They don't want to deal with that. They want you to just keep it nice, keep their job easy. Well, and honestly, I think even as a practitioner, no one likes to feel helpless or, you know what I mean? So if someone comes in and you're not able to help them, now their helplessness is my helplessness and nobody enjoys that, right? And I don't think that comes from a lack of caring. I think that comes from a lack of, I mean, honestly, ability to help and probably not some self-awareness of not realizing that they're taking that on. But anyway, we go down a different road on that. <laughs> You're absolutely right. So then the third thing that natural practitioners don't realize, and actually neurologists and 
primary care doctors don't realize this either. But when we are in that chronic migraine state, we are super sensitive, right? We're sensitive to the light. We're sensitive to noise. We're sensitive to the weather. When we are in that chronic migraine state, we are super sensitive. And so natural practitioners, they throw a bunch of stuff at migraine sufferers. Natural practitioners, right, they'll do an initial intake and then they'll say, okay, here's a couple handouts. Here's a, you know, here's a food list. Don't eat these foods. Eat these foods. Here's a couple handouts. Here's a handout on, you know, how to sleep. And then I want you to take, take a bunch of these supplements and then come back in four to six weeks. Now, for somebody who's super sensitive, even changing the time they go to bed can put them into a migraine. So that little handout that the chiropractor gives on, you know, you're supposed to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night and, you know, this is what you're supposed to, here's how you're supposed to have the light in your room or the, you know, curtains in the room, that little handout and somebody is going to bed at midnight and they follow that handout and they change their sleep time by two hours, that could put somebody right into a migraine. Am I the only human too that when I go to the doctor and they hand me a pile of that kind of thing and here's all your supplements and how you're supposed to eat, sleep and exercise, I just sleep feeling overwhelmed. Like how do you implement all of that at one time and do it right and consistently and perfectly so that you never get a migraine again. I mean, that's kind of where my brain would be going is like, well, if I do all of these things perfectly, then I won't get a migraine. But that's not realistic to expect yourself to do all of the things perfectly. And then you're adding more stress because you're expecting that. Exactly. And this is, this goes back to the problem with implementation when you have a flaring and remitting condition. Right. Again, if I get a stack of handouts and, and to do's and I have chronic pain and I wake up in the morning and I know how the rest of the day is going to be. Well, I could. OK, well, maybe I could, you know, go to the grocery store on Tuesday. Maybe I could make this list on Wednesday. Right. We could kind of anticipate. Yeah, this is kind of I feel a, a three out of ten every day. So I'll just pace myself and implement these recommendations. You have so many Spoons. So I'm going to spend one spoon on groceries today and one spoon on. And then, right, then if they do that consistently, they might be able to implement it. Now let's take a look at migraines. So we leave the office. We got all this stack of handouts. We're totally enthusiastic. We're feeling pretty good because we're not in a migraine state. So it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to hit the grocery store and then I'm going to do this planning and then I'll implement this third sheet. You know, we kind of figure out how we're going to do it. And then boom, we get a three-day migraine. And so now it's like, okay, well, I had all these plans made to implement this, but now I got to do the laundry. There's a pile of dishes I got to get done. You know, I got to sign stuff for my kid's school that I couldn't, you know, focus on, couldn't even, you know, get my eyes to focus on during the past three days. Like, I mean, we got to get all that stuff caught up. Okay, now I'm going to try to implement what my chiropractor told me to do. Okay, let me muster up, you know, the enthusiasm again after these three days of, you know, hell. Oh, well, I'm halfway through and now I got another migraine, right? And the whole thing gets thrown off again. Well, and my understanding would be that you'd still need to be doing a bunch of that stuff during the migraine three days. Right. People are like, well, now I just lost three days. Yeah. So like you either get it done and you're doing it while you have a migraine. Like how do you exercise? Like I'm going to go for a walk when I'm flat, supposed to be flat in bed Sleeping. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen at all. Like right? you said, you lose those three days. And it, to me, that just ends up being more discouraging. 
Right. People I get very discouraged. I can't even do what the doctor told me to do. So I feel better. Can't even do it. And, you know, here's the other thing that's interesting. Well, it can't be that hard because he gave me a handout. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I say that to myself all the time. This shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> but it's really hard to make changes. It's really, really hard. If all it took were to read the five steps on a handout for us to make change, no one would have any problems. For real. I still can't figure that out. <laughs> right? So again, this well, attitude of like, okay, go home and just read this and go do it. It sends a message that if you can't implement it, you must be kind of deficient here because it's so simple. I just put it on a handout, right? <laughs> that is not the case at all. So what happens is, right, the person has their little stack of handouts, and then they got this ridiculous number of supplements that they have to take, which is something we covered on another podcast, and I'm sure we will cover in the future again, right? Then they keep having these migraine flares that keep interrupting their momentum, making them feel discouraged. And then four to six weeks goes by, and now they've got their follow-up appointment. Well, nobody wants to go in and tell somebody, well, I failed at everything you told me to do. Nobody wants to go through that experience. Uh, I only got 50% of the days checked off. And according to elementary school, that's a failing grade. Right. Nobody, right. We all want to be successful, right? We all want to go in and tell the doctor, yeah, we did it. I did it. And I'm feeling better. We all want that experience. We don't want to go in and be like, yeah, I, I mean, I could only do like 10%. And then we, you know, and then because most practitioners don't understand how difficult it's going to be for a chronic migraine sufferer to implement these things and, you know, go through all these flares and they're post-traumatic stress response and mental anxiety, then the chiropractor is like, well, you got to get it together, <laughs> right? Like it's suddenly, it's suddenly your fault that you couldn't implement everything. Well, and the person suffering is already asking those questions anyway. What's wrong with me that I can't make this happen? Like the last thing you need is an authority figure telling you that you're defective because you didn't check off all their boxes. Like I don't need more pressure. I don't know, maybe... I feel like I've hit a soapbox today. <laughs> you go. I'll step off mine and you can step right up. Don't mess with me right now. <laughs> Anyone having issues with a practitioner, let me know. I'm coming. Exactly. You're the, you're going to be their advocate. Anyway, it's hard for people to make changes, even in the best of circumstances. I mean, let's get real here. But when we have migraines, and we can be, right, our best laid plans are being struck down all the time. Oh, my goodness. It is very, very challenging to implement changes and do things. So well, how do you um, do it differently? Like as, you know, knowing all of this information that you just shared, obviously you want your clients to make changes and to work on some things, but like you're not handing them 15 new things to work on at one time, right? How do you do it so that it's manageable for that person? Well, so for most of my clients, so typical client that I have is a woman with chronic migraines, chronic migraines, the diagnostic criteria for that is 15 or more migraine days a month. About half of my clients have daily migraines or daily head pain, or I will work with people with menstrual migraines. You know, menstrual migraines can take somebody down a third of the month easy. So that's a typical client that I work with. And so for those clients, what has been the game changer. And I started doing this actually five years ago. I'm coming right up here on five years ago. I completely revamped my practice and I stopped doing what everybody else is doing. 
see, all of us natural practitioners have been trained to operate in the way that I described. I was too. When I first started in practice, that's how I operated as well, because that's how we all have been trained. And so the training is do an initial intake and then put together a plan and, you know, give them a bunch of handouts and throw a bunch of stuff at them and tell them to come back in four to six weeks and see how they did. Now, there are some conditions because I I used to work with a wide variety of conditions. There are some conditions where, you know, it's not too bad. Now I'm convinced that even that is not the best, best way of doing things for any condition. But there are some conditions where, you know, it's acceptable. Chronic migraines, for the reasons that I just hopefully described, is not one of those conditions. It does not work. And so five years ago, I said to myself, I'm going to do what's required for chronic migraine sufferers because this is why I'm here, is to help my fellow fellow sisters get off this migraine roller coaster. That's why I'm here. So I decided five years ago, I'm going to do what's required and not what everybody else is doing. And what I realized is that I need to meet with people weekly. When people are in a chronic migraine state, if I meet with them weekly, I'm not throwing a whole bunch of stuff at them. I'm customizing, okay, where are they at? Where exactly are they at? Just how sensitive are they? Because you throw a bunch of stuff at a migraine sufferer, we flare if the light is too strong. You tell us, oh, you know, you're supposed to go to bed at 10. You're going to bed at midnight. You know, tomorrow night, go to bed at 10. Get this sleep habit under control. That's highly likely to throw somebody into a migraine, that level of disruption to their routine. Most chronic migraine sufferers, if they get up too early, if they sleep too late, migraine. You can't go in like a bull in a china shop with a chronic migraine sufferer. We are sensitive to, you know, smells that other people can't even smell. And so what I realized is if I meet with people weekly, I can really dial it in. It's part of the initial assessment process. I'm getting a feel for just how sensitive they are, right? Because some people are, you know, everybody who has chronic migraines is more sensitive than the average person. But then there are some people who are very, very super sensitive that you can just, you can't even dip a toe in the water. You got to dip a toenail in the water. And so my assessment process allows me to get a handle on just how sensitive is this woman and then what can we do? What is a small change that is realistic and achievable for her to do this week that is not going to throw her into a migraine, to the best of my estimation? And so then we're setting, right, because I know at any point in the week, she may go into a flare. So we can't make all these elaborate plans. We can't make this big, you know, set in stone schedule on Monday, you're going to do this and Tuesday. Those may be all wiped off the slate. But given how frequently she gets migraines, given the severity of her migraines, given how sensitive she is, given how many children she has at home, given what her work schedule is like, all of these factors, what is something that she could do this week that she could be successful at that's going to move her towards health? I love that. Yeah, it's so the opposite of the spaghetti on the wall analogy, like we've been talking about other podcasts where it's just like, here, these are my tools. I'm going to throw a handful of them at, at the wall and just hope something sticks because they work for most people. Instead, you're looking at it like this one person is the only person I'm considering right now. And what could she be successful at? Because I know that she doesn't want to meet with me next week and say, I couldn't do anything. I failed. She desperately wants to come back and tell me, yeah, I did it. I did it. And so what can she be successful at? 
that's going to move her a little bit towards health, that's going to fill in some missing pieces, remediate some blockers or deficiencies in those three principles that are required to restore our health, what is one little thing she could do to fill in a gap this week and be successful at? And when we do that over and over again, people get better really quickly. Instead of, you know, languishing for four to six weeks, trying and struggling, and how do I do this? And I, I, you know, I tried to go to bed at 10 and then I woke up at three in the morning with a migraine. You know, what am I, now what do I do, right? One small thing that you can be successful at, given everything you have going on, that's going to move you closer to health. And just because it's a small change doesn't mean it's not going to have a big effect, like... Right. Because when I read the comments from former clients or current clients in the group, they always are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I almost didn't work with Leslie. You know, I, I totally understand that it's scary to work with someone you don't know that you don't meet with in person. And it's, a you know, someone online. There's a very big hesitancy around that kind of thing. But when you read the comments from these women and just how big of a difference it makes in a of like a month and a half, usually, it blows my mind. In four to six weeks, you could be feeling noticeably better rather than spending four to six weeks feeling like a failure, feeling guilty that you, you know, one more time you let yourself down, trying to go over in your mind what you're going to tell your chiropractor when you go back in and, and tell them you couldn't do anything, right? The, the worst, yes. Whether you're, nobody wants to go back and be like, I forgot my homework. The dog ate my homework. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right. Well, you, it was so easy. You put it on a handout, but even I couldn't do it. So this is, like I say, and when I, five years ago, when I changed my practice like this, everybody thought I was nuts. Nobody's going to want to talk to you once a week. Nobody wants to put in that kind of time. You know, nobody's going to do that. <laughs> nobody's going to, you know, work with you because you're, you know, they're in, you know, Nevada and you're in Illinois. Nobody's going to want to work with you remotely, all of this kind of stuff. And I'm really glad I didn't listen to them <laughs> and that I followed what, you know, my heart and my mind and my intuition was telling me what was required. I'm really, really thankful that I broke out of how I was trained, how we all are trained in the natural medicine world, how to operate. Because if it's not going to work for the condition, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be doing what's required and what's going to set our clients up for success. That's what we should be focused on. Not on, well, this is how everybody does it and I don't want to look strange and I don't want people to criticize me. You know, I had a lot of, you know, I laid awake at three in the morning going, oh my goodness, what if everybody's right? <laughs> what if I'm crazy, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, it was not without its anxiety on my end, but I had to push through that and stay true to what I felt was the best thing. And it's been a real game changer. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful that I made the switch. I really hope in the future with, you know, how the internet is changing healthcare in general, like, I really hope that things keep shifting towards more like this, where it's very personal, very, you know, individual, hands on with your doctor, just because it's not in the office. Personally, I am digging the telehealth thing, because <laughs> that takes, a, you know, a 40 minute commute out of the equation. So I don't know, I just hope that it gets better and better as years go by. Well, and frankly, I think I am able to meet with people weekly because they are at their own home and they don't have to drive. You know, I used to see people in office, local people in office, like how most people 
have their practice. And I think this is one of the reasons why everybody does this four to six week follow up because there is the drive time, there's waiting in the waiting room, there's, you know, all of that that goes to, I mean, again, you're in the middle of a migraine flare, you don't want to get dressed and put makeup on and go to the doctor's office and sit in the waiting room. Right. Not to not even want to, can you? Can you? Exactly. I can't drive when I have a migraine. (laughs) Right, exactly. You can't see. So, you know, with my clients, if they're having a flare and it's time for our weekly appointment, they can certainly cancel if they feel like they can't do the appointment. But I have many clients there, you know, we're talking during the flare, right? Because it's so easy for them to to do that weekly meeting. I love it. I think you're you're changing the face of this treatment. It's it's amazing. Well, thank you, Mary. You're part of that. And I appreciate you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. We enjoy this, don't we, Leslie? We do. Well, very good, Mary. Do you think we covered it? I do. I still think we were chattier than I expected, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> we did okay. Yep. We did. Well, thanks again, Mary. I will talk to you soon. See you soon, guys. And thank you for listening. Before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and other popular podcast platforms. Do you have someone in your life who would benefit from what we talked about today? Please share it with them. Share on your social media. Share within other migraine Facebook groups that you are in. We really want to get the word out that you can recover your health and stop getting chronic migraines. And if you want to stay connected, join my free migraine Facebook group with over 11,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life. Go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, ND, on Facebook or to HealingMigrainesNaturally.com and we'll redirect you to the Facebook group. 